0: Hi everybody, this is Chris Fryer from the Zach Brown Band.
1: Are you here? Yeah, baby, you're here and you're tuned in to the Paul Leslie Hour. On this episode, we're featuring an interview with Chris Fryer, known to many as Sweets. Chris Fryer formerly played with Oteil and the Peacemakers, but lately he's the drummer for the Zac Brown Band since 2008. In fact, you can catch Chris Fryer and all the Zac Brown Band when they take their Sun Goes Down 2024 tour on the road. They'll be performing with Kenny Chesney, Megan Moroney, and of course, Uncle Cracker. Just go to Zac Brown com and get all the details. Hey, we got lots of great interviews and reviews coming out. You want to stay up to date with those, don't you? Well, you're invited to subscribe to the YouTube channel and like the Paul Leslie Hour on Facebook. And we thank you. Hey, let's hear this quick, fast-paced interview with Chris Fryer of the Zach Brown Band. I think listening will make you glad you stop it by. Ladies and gentlemen, it is
2: with great pleasure. We welcome our special guest, Mr. Chris Fryer, drummer with the Zach Brown Band. Thanks so much for making the time to do an interview with us. Oh, it's my pleasure. Who is Chris Fryer?
0: I'm just a simple guy. I play drums. All I've ever done. It's all I've ever aspired to do. I love to make great music. That's about it, really.
2: You come from Birmingham, Alabama. So tell us a little bit about what life was like growing up and what kind of music you listened to.
0: When I was growing up, grew up in a small town just outside of Birmingham called Gardendale. And it was just your classic rural suburban area, very small little town. It's really funny. When I was a little, little tiny kid, my mom basically used the, the TV set as the babysitting device. And I would watch... Stephanie Street and The Electric Company and Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. You know, there's a lot of urban music in those shows, or or there were at the time, and there was a lot of jazz and funk-influenced music going on. And, you know, my mom and dad, they listened to country and Western music. I have an older brother who listened to, you know, what is now considered, you know, classic rock. My older sister listened to all kinds of, pop music, so whatever was popular on the radio, that's what she was really into. And by the time I got old enough to make my own choices about music, I've naturally gravitated towards jazz and funk, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that I was watching a lot of Sesame Street and Electric Company and Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood as a little tiny child.
2: Interesting connection. Most people would never be able to draw that conclusion, but since you mentioned it, I can kind of of understand it.
0: I remember the first time I I came home with a yeah. with a Miles Davis record, my mom looking at me with this strange look on her face. She's like, "Are you are you sure? Are you <laughs> sure about that?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, mom. This is this is gonna be great. This is gonna be awesome. It's Miles Davis." She had no idea who he was, had no clue. She said, "Oh well, well, let's listen to it." You know, she was being a good parent and and wanting to be very proactive and finding out what her kids are interested in. So. I put it on. She goes, "There's no words to it." I was like, "I know, isn't it awesome?" You know, I guess she didn't have to worry too much about me getting exposed to you know any kind of foul language or anything on the on a you know a jazz record that had no vocals on it.
2: So she was cool with the Miles. All the listeners out there, they can check out this podcast called Under the Influence. There is an episode it was on you, Chris Fryer. You sit there and talk with John Driscoll Hopkins of the Zac Brown Band about 12 recordings that are your biggest influences.
0: That was a whole lot of fun to do. And to be perfectly honest, it was extremely difficult to narrow it down to just, 12 I've been so deeply influenced by so much stuff. There were a lot of things I, I didn't get a chance to put in there. There wasn't enough time. It was a really, really wonderful show. It's, it's a great, great insight into all of us in the band. John's taking the time to do every single one of us in the band, you know, find out what our musical influences are. You know, I've enjoyed listening to everyone else's interviews so far. You know, we're all getting a much greater understanding of each other and where each other is coming from by listening to these things.
2: It is. It's a fantastic idea. If you could try to narrow it down to one artist as being your greatest influence. Could you?
0: Wow. One artist. That's going to be tough. I want to say as far as like just songwriting and the way he structures his music, Sting would probably be the single greatest influence on me. Just He's always got a, a really smoking band, every single player on every recording he's got everybody's just top of their game. Everybody's amazing. And then Sting's a great lyricist as well. He really has a wonderful way with words. He can tell a story. He can paint a picture. And it really, really speaks to me. It moves me deeply.
2: Years ago, I was doing an interview with Oteil Burbridge of Oteil and the Peacemakers. And I remember meeting you briefly. This was at the melting point. It was a brief meeting. Here we are today, but tell us about how you became associated with O'Teal.
0: You know, I was a fan of the Aquarium Rescue Unit back in the late 80s and early 90s. This buddy of mine, Mark Kimbrell, who also played with the Peacemakers, he and I would get together and we would find random musicians and we would just set up jam sessions at my apartment. So it it was not uncommon for Mark to call me up on... A whim and just say, hey, I got this guy I'm going to bring over to your house. We're going to jam a little bit. Okay, great. Come on over. One day, he calls me up and he says, hey, man, I'm on my way over there. I got a bass player I want you to meet. And I said, yeah, yeah, sure. I hear this knock at my door a few minutes later and I open it up and it's O'Teal. And he says, hi, I'm O'Teal. I'm like, I know who you are. Why are you standing in my doorway? <laughs> he just laughs and looks over my shoulder and goes, oh, wow, you have a drum set cool, and just you know walks in sits down behind the drums and starts wearing them out. Mom times walking around the corner. He's like, ah, I got this kind of evil laugh on his face. And the three of us down and played for about, gosh, it was three or four hours straight where we just started playing. We didn't really think about it. We didn't talk about it. We just started playing stuff. And we we found out really, really quickly that the three of us had this instant chemistry together. So some years later... After doing, you know, a handful of one-off gigs and and jam sessions together, I get this phone call from O'Teal, and apparently he had booked a a bunch of shows with the Peacemakers, and the drummer that was supposed to go out had some things come up and had to cancel out at the last minute. So O'Teal calls me up and says, hey, man, you know, my drummer just bailed on me quite unexpectedly. I was wondering if perhaps you would be interested in coming out on the road with the Peacemakers. I jumped at the opportunity. I knew that it would be an experience that I would never forget and that I would learn immensely from. and Both were very correct.
2: You've had the opportunity just in the course of playing your, your music to play with a lot of really amazing musicians and to meet some really amazing people. As far as experiences of playing with people, who do you think stands at the front of the line? If you could narrow it down.
0: You know, probably the most, fulfilling experience I ever had was sitting in with the Almond Brothers band. I had sat in with them a, a couple of times prior to this one experience, but this one particular experience, JMO had actually gotten sick one night and had come down with a, a bad stomach virus and couldn't make the show. As it turns out, I happened to be there. Mark Quinones walks up and, and I'm standing next to Yonrico Scott, who plays drums for Derek Cruz. And Mark hands us the set list and goes, okay, JMO's not coming in. You guys figure out who's playing what. I looked at him. I was like, y'all can't be serious. You know, you gotta be kidding me. And I just let them hash it out. And they gave me the songs that they want to play or or the ones that they wanted me to play on. And near the end of the night on the set list, it had said whipping post audible at the line of scrimmage, butch trucks start screaming, get fryer up here, get fryer up here. And, And so I, jump up there on the stage and on the drum riser and I sit down and I look at Mark and I said, what are we playing? He goes, Liz Reed. To me, that was just one of the most fulfilling experiences. If you've listened to the Under the Influence with John Driscoll Hop and Hopkins episode that I appear on, that's one of my big influences. That one particular song, especially from the uh, live Fillmore recording And to be on stage with Butch Trucks and Greg Allman and, you know, to play that song with two guys who were pioneering, you know, a whole movement in rock, I could not have been any more overjoyed at the end of that night. It was a fantastic experience, and it's one that will live very closely in my heart always.
2: Can you remember the date of that concert?
0: Yeah, I want to say it was in, like, perhaps June of... 2007 perhaps it may have been 2006 but it was definitely either it was in the summertime of one of those two years
2: well what about zach brown how did you become associated with the zach brown band
0: oddly enough O'Teal's booking agent baron ruth does a wednesday night blues gig at a place in atlanta called maddie's and it's a blues and barbecue joint it's a really hit place and I found out that he was doing it, and I told him one night, hey, man, you know, you should let me come over and play with you because I-, I love playing that kind of music. And Ben was overjoyed. He was like, yeah, okay, sure, come on. And so I, was, I had been doing that gig, and there were just all kinds of people coming in and out to sit in and, and jam and have a good time on Wednesday nights. And one of the guys that would come in on a regular basis, a gentleman named Tim Ussery, Tim used to play in the Zach Brown Band, And he and Zach are still really, really good friends. And when Zach called Tim up and said, hey, I need a drummer. Who can you recommend? Tim had recommended that he call me. And so Zach called me up. He invited me to audition. And I drove over to Atlanta from from Birmingham. And I auditioned. And, and, you know, there was a plethora of really great drummers that auditioned that day. One of which was Sean O'Rourke, who actually walked in right after I did and You know, when Sean walked in, I thought, oh, man, I'm never going to get it because, you know, this is Sean O'Rourke. You know, he's played with everybody. But they really liked the way I played, and they invited me to go on a quick little weekend trip with them. They had a a showcase at the South by Southwest Festival. So we drive over. We do this 20-minute showcase. We hang out. We have a good time. And then they get a call a week later, and and Zach says to me, he says, hey, man, you know, I want to make you my full-time guy. Are you interested in that? And I, yeah, sure. I've I've got two questions, though. And he said, okay. I said, number one, can you keep me busy? You know, are we going to work? And he said, oh, yeah, I'll keep you busy. Okay, question number two, can you pay me? And he said, yeah, I can pay you. We didn't talk about how much or anything. All I was interested in was making great music and being able to pay my bills. You know, Zach certainly made sure both of those requirements were met. You know, when I joined the band, I had no idea that the record label negotiations were going on. I had no idea that they were getting ready to start a whole radio promotion tour and quite by chance. You know, I get on the bus for this one really long nine week trip that we took across the country out west. And I said, oh, wow, what are we doing? You know, what are we going to be doing? And, and the management said, oh, well, you know, we're doing this radio promotion tour. Oh, wow. Cool. Never done one of those before. This will be fun. And it was the radio promotion tour for Chicken Pride, which happened to be the first single off their uh, their foundation CD. The whole thing just sort of took off like a rocket. I absolutely had no idea, no clue. It's still very much like a, a rocket ship ride right now.
2: In the course of this radio series that I've been doing, I've, I've had the opportunity to interview pretty much the entire Zac Brown band. Is there someone in the band that you feel a closer kinship to?
0: I feel really close to all these guys. I really do. You know, there's six of us on stage, but for all practical purposes at Durrett, who is Zach's songwriting partner, you know, we all consider him a member of the band as well. And, and everybody in this whole organization is really, really close. It's like one big family, and then, which is a really, really wonderful vibe to have when you're out on the road. I can't say that I'm any closer to any one of them than the other. I mean, Everyone that I'm close to, I'm close to for different reasons. John Driftel Hawkins, who is our bass player, you know, he and I, we go together great, musically speaking. He just lays it down and he lays it down simply. You know, He, he doesn't try to overdo it. He is a total slave to the song, which is a wonderful approach to have when you're doing the kind of music that we do. You know he and I when we first played together, it was the two of us just hit it off. I mean it was very much the same kind of instant chemistry that I had with Oteal, but with Oteal, it was much more on a highly technical level with John, it's the direct opposite direction. Playing with John was just immediately like putting on a comfortable pair of blue jeans. Cory Bowles, he and I both have a love for blues music you know it's it's really, really incredible. We bonded heavily over that. Clay Cook. He's on board. He is a total Jedi. He can play anything. Literally anything at all. He and I, you know, we have a lot of the same musical ideas. It's really weird. We'll both hear things in the same way and talk about it. Be like, Oh yeah, yeah, let's let's try that. It's really weird. You know, Zach and I, we we get musically on so many different levels. You know, he I love the way he plays, he loves the way I play. As individuals, you know, I get along with everybody. Jimmy Demartini, our violin player, superb musician. For all of us, one of the reasons why we all get along so well, musically and as individuals, is we're all very driven to keep improving ourselves and keep improving as a band. We all strive to be better, but we do it without a sense of ego involved.
2: You know, it's amazing because I was at the Augusta concert that you all did, and I remember Zach Brown saying that, you know, you guys didn't win any awards at the CMAs, but... When you all performed The Devil Went Down to Georgia, it was more meaningful to you guys. As great as the awards are, it was more meaningful to have the audience all on their feet and applauding because they love the songs. And, you know, the Zac Brown Band is nominated for these other awards as well.
0: CMAs was a wonderful experience. And whenever you get any kind of nomination in a a category with other artists, it's a feather in the cap already. I mean, especially for, you know, something like CMA, that is an industry-voted award show to hear that we were nominated by the industry you know that's some validation enough right there to not win the awards we were totally cool with that you know it really sort of takes the pressure off you know because now we don't feel like we have to win next year you know what i mean the biggest pleasure for us was being able to play on the show that was a treat enough. But then at the end of it, we look out. And not even before we got through playing the song, we everybody in the whole room was standing up. It's kind of a little nerve wracking, you know, to look out and see Keith Urban and, and Nicole Kidman and then, you know, Taylor Swift and then Reva McIntyre and they're all on the edge of their seats and their eyes are really, you know, biggest saucers and and we can tell that they're excited listening to us play and that was a treat for us. And then to hear the roar of the crowd, the fans that were there, we felt like we won. In that instant, we felt okay, wow, we win. We're done. You know, we can, we can go home and, and feel good about this. And, and the awards didn't really matter. The accolades in, in that regard are, you know, they're nice. It validates us to a, a certain extent, but it's not what's important to us because we're a touring band. We want to play shows. We want to play in front of the people. We want to meet them. We want to sign everybody's, you know, everybody who buys a T-shirt, you know, we, we make sure we sit around after the shows and sign autographs for anyone who who's kind enough to purchase merchandise from us. Before the shows, we do things where we meet with people from the fan clubs. We have what we call an eat and greet. Rather than do a, a meet and greet where you just like stand in a line and you get your photo taken and that's it, we actually have chef out on the road who prepares a dinner and we sit down with these people from the fan club and we talk with them and we meet them all and we, you know, we have a good meal with them because we're interested in that. We want to meet the fans. They're the people who are giving us our lives and music. They are the ones who've into their pockets and they buy the CD, they purchase the downloads, they buy the ticket to come to the show. And without them, we couldn't do what we do I mean, we'd still be doing it on a much smaller scale, but we can't do it the way we're doing it right now without them. So to us, while the awards are great, it means more to us, to have thousands of fans in the seats every night, lining up to get an autograph because they really just want to meet us and they really want to tell us that they enjoyed the show. That, that means more to us being able to meet the fans who you know, give us our life and music.
2: Very well put. Ladies and gentlemen, everyone out there can check out zachbrownband.com and also chrisfryer.com. That's F R Y A R. I have two final questions for you. Okay. What is your all time favorite meal?
0: My all time favorite meal? I have to say, my all time favorite meal is my mother's chicken and dumplings. You know, everybody's mother makes the best chicken and dumplings, but I think my mom has fine tuned the recipe to. Exquisite greatness.
2: Exquisite greatness. I like that. My final question for you, Mr. Chris Fryer of the Zac Brown Band. This broadcast goes out all over the world. So what would you like to say to all the people that are listening?
0: Love one another. Zac Brown has a song that he wrote called Let It Go, and it's a very important message. You have to save your strength for the things you can change. You have to be willing to forgive the things you cannot, all the rest of it, you got to let it go. If all of us just strive to do that and strive to just love a little bit more, we're all going to be okay.
2: Very true. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Fryer, thank you so much for doing this.
0: Oh, thank you for having me. It's been a wonderful pleasure.
2: Thank you so much, Chris. All right, Paul. Talk to you soon, buddy. Have fun. Bye. All right, bye.
1: We thank you and appreciate you dropping in for the Paul Leslie Hour today. You know, you can help the Paul Leslie Hour in our mission to provide independent media content like this by visiting www.thepaulleslie.com slash support. We truly thank you. This is your announcer speaking. Performance of The Entertainer intro song. And Corina Corina outro song, courtesy of John Premorano. Well, that's it for today. So until next time, be safe and be good.